just talking about life, you know, they get hammered so much about football, you know, what, how was the camp this weekend? How was this, how are your workouts going? How is training going? Uh, all that. So it's important to talk about life other than football, keep going back to it, but that genuine feel to the relationship, it's like, we're worried about you and generally interested in you as a person rather than just what you bring on the field. Hello and welcome to another episode of Up Close in Personnel. I'm your host, Alex Brown, Director of Recruiting here at Rice Football. Week one is in the books for my Rice Owls and we suffered a heartbreaking double overtime loss that featured the kick heard around the world. It was a quadruple doinker that will go down as a classic, but it's bounce back time with a week two road matchup with Southern Miss, who's being led by their interim interim head coach. So 2020 football has been crazy. Um, anytime you hear a quadruple doinker and an interim interim head coach, you know stuff's weird. But this week's guest, Marshall Charrington, Director of Recruiting Strategy at Cal Berkeley, was absolutely phenomenal to talk to. And his Cal Bears actually play their first game of the season this week at home versus the Washington Huskies. Marshall and his co-pilot within Cal Berkeley's recruiting department, Benji, who he mentions throughout this episode, have really brought the heat to social media and to the recruiting world as far as showcasing the Bay Area, their high academics at Cal, and the recruiting hashtag make the move that originated from Coach Wilcox's call to the team about, hey, let's make the move on the rest of the Pac-12. We talk about those things. We talk about how he has grown in this industry. And you'll really hear, you know, not just Marshall's story, but what's enabled him to be successful in the career and what's enabled him to have so much success building relationships with recruits. We talk about FaceTime calls, how to make real, genuine, authentic relationships with recruits and their family members. And he even flipped the script on me and asked me a couple of great questions at the end of this show. So it was a lot of fun talking ball with Marshall. And if you are a fan of the show, new or returning, regardless, please be sure to hit the subscribe button, rate five stars, and share the show. I really appreciate all of the support you guys have shown me over this year. And it's just been so much fun to be able to hit that record button each and every week with the people in the industry that I really look up to. So with all that being said, I'll now switch over to my conversation with Marshall Charrington, Director of Recruiting Strategy with Cal Berkeley. Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Marshall, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's an honor to, to be in here. It's been great following you and, and just listening to a couple of these. So uh, I was fired up when you hit me up. Yeah, and we've got a common connection. It was very brief, my amount of time working with him, but Dan over at UH, who's over at EQ with you. Yeah. Um, so he had a lot of good things to say about you, and, and I'm excited to hear more about kind of your story because the thing about you is the fact that kind of you definitely, you know, paid your dues and you had the opportunity to work in different departments within football programs to get to where you are. But I kind of wanted to start on a different note 
So you're a Seattle guy. Tacoma, Washington, is that where you grew up? I, uh, I grew up in Redmond, Washington, so about 20, 30 minutes uh, north of Tacoma, but I mean, very close. It's uh, when you say you're from Seattle, it's kind of like that, that whole area. So I uh, definitely, definitely rep the state hard. I think sometimes Benji Palu, our uh, director of on-campus recruiting over here, he gives me a, a hard time for always repping it hard. But uh, yeah, it was a great place growing up there. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be in, in the sun now. Uh, a lot of great days up there, but um, it, was, it was a great place to grow up for sure. So when I say this, you're going to be like, how the hell did you find this? Seattle sports suit. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's a total throwback. You know, <laughs> in, uh, in high school, I had uh, me and my good buddy, uh, Jackson Saffon, who I went to uh, college with as well. He's my college roommate. He's at the ringer now, actually. Um, but we just had this idea to start a podcast. Um, and it was like... You know, it was in like 2012. It's, you know, podcasts weren't the super popular thing back then. Um, so, you know, we would just huddle around a, a table around the, the iPhone and my bonus room in my house and, uh, you know, just talk about all things uh, Seattle sports. So that's that's a that's a blast from the past for sure. But uh, it was it was fun. It was kind of the real exposure, to the first real exposure to the sports media world. Was that kind of the like the start of it all for you as far as like knowing that you wanted to work in football, like back in high school when you just were following the Seahawks and kind of what they were doing? Yeah, no, I think that's, that was definitely the start, um, you know, doing that. And, uh, you know, I worked with uh, what used to be scout.com, you know, back in the day, uh, which is now morphed with 247, obviously. Um, so just being around that whole, uh, you know, the sports scene, um, you know, just being around the recruiting scene too, just following Washington football uh, growing up there. So uh, it was really, it was a blast, man. I mean, that was definitely the first exposure and, um, you know, just everything that was, that was going on at the time, you know, Seahawks won the Super Bowl in 2013 and uh, just following all the, all the different teams. That was, that was definitely the first kind of exposure that made me want to get into football. Yeah. And, Kind of talk us through your journey to where you are now. Now, obviously, you're you're the director of recruiting strategy for Cal. We'll get into that. But, you know, starting out at USC as an equipment manager, how did you kind of work your way from kind of being at that level of the totem pole to working to where you are now? Yeah, so, I mean, it started uh, in spring of 2015. You know, I was just on uh, – Facebook, Twitter, and I saw this ad for student managers for the football team. And I didn't go into, you know, college planning to be uh, even working for the football team or, you know, I was going to try to, wasn't sure which way. And then that popped up on my feed and, um, you know, it kind of was a perfect opportunity. So uh, that spring period, that spring semester was a trial period. So, um, you know, your 15 practices, however, however many long it was, um, you know, they basically see if you're, you're good enough to get on the squad there and uh, was fortunate to, enough to make it there. Um, so was, had a blast there. And it was, it was very interesting because I was just looking for a door in um, and I didn't know where that was going to come. So I think, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Honestly, you, you do every little job, you learn the ins and outs of how everything functions from the coaches practice plans to, you know, what you need for equipment to putting on jerseys on a game day and how to set up the locker room. Um, so it was all the little things I learned there. Um, and as, as time went on, you know, got a couple years into it, I started helping out in the recruiting uh, 
office a little bit as well. So, you know, driving for official visits or, you know, helping set up, um, you know, buffet rooms for, for guys for their meals and stuff like that. Um, just kind of trying to wrap myself in that recruiting world uh, as much as I could. Um, so basically, I, like I said, was just looking for that foot in and, um, you know, got it there and kind of ran with it. And, uh, you know, I was after was coming up on senior year and actually helped out with the operations crew down there that, that last semester. So, um, you know, Joseph Wood has been a, a big mentor in, in my life. Um, the, the chief of staff down at SC uh, let me help him help him out. And then uh, Jared Blank, who was also in operations at, at SC beforehand, um, connected we, me with, uh, with Corey Nickel over here at Cal, was director of player personnel at the time. Um, so I was uh, looking for any opportunity um, in the sports world. I think, you know, recruiting was, was probably a general direction I wanted to go in, but it wasn't really set. Um, so I came up here and volunteered for that first season. Um, you know, was was uh, sleeping on on Benji's couch for that whole year. You know how that that life can be sometimes. I mean, he started as a volunteer as well, so um, it was total blast. I mean, I kind of just uh, took it and ran with it. I think you know Corey gave me a lot of uh, opportunities to um, really form my own experience, and I think that's true with everything. You know, you're only going to get as much out uh, as you put in, um, and I tried to put in as as much as I could and. Um, you know, after that, that season, you know, went well, was, uh, you know, solid first recruiting wise, went to the famous cheese at bowl through about a thousand interceptions there. Um, but it was, it was a blast there. And then I, I caught on with, uh, university of Washington actually for about two months. Um, you know, I was getting paid there, uh, working with Cooper Patagno of, uh, utmost respect for in, in the uh, you know recruiting industry. I think one of the one of the guys who really knows knows his stuff. Um, and then there was a you know change up in the recruiting department at Cal, and Coach Wilcox called up, and um, you know I couldn't turn down this opportunity, and you know been here for uh, you know going on my my third season now. So um, that's kind of a short summary of it all. Uh, I mean it's it's been an absolute blast. I I, I truly love this place. It's been a I think the people make whatever place you're at, like anything, you know, you could be at in the worst facilities in the country, but you have great people there and you're going to have a great experience. You know, on the other side, you could be at like a, you know, Disney world of facilities. And if the people aren't the people that they should be, then, you know, you're not going to have a good experience. So um, been a blast here so far and, uh, you know, really looking forward to the season. Going back to USC real quick. Um, you talked about how you started helping out with little things and driving, you know, at, at OVs to setting up, you know, recruiting photo shoots to, to whatever little things that you could possibly get your hands on. And yeah. At, it seems like at that time you really got a chance to learn the inner workings of recruiting. But the thing that you skipped over is the fact that you were the head student manager. So clearly you were doing things right in your current role. So talk about like, the importance of kind of being where your feet are and doing a great job of where you're at. And as you're accomplishing that task, like, Hey, this is the, like, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm going to do a good job, but this is what I'm interested in. And like, I, th I think that the thing that stands out with you is the fact that you had that, like, I'm going to just work for it. And I don't care what job you give me, you're, I'm going to do a good job with that. So like talk about how important it is to, to do a great job with whatever you're given at that point in time. 
Yeah, I think you have to live in the moment. You can't get caught up so much in your future plans or what just happened. Um, you know, it's so easy. Uh, and I think this is true recruiting wise too. Like if you're coming off a loss, but you have 20 recruits sitting in the lobby of your facility, you can't act like you just lost a game, you know, and that's hard. Uh, so I think living in the, in the present and making the most of it, being as positive as you can, um, you know, and that's what I tried to do with, uh, you know, the head student manager spot down there. And um, I also thought it was a great experience, you know, managing a group of, I think we had 13 or uh, 12 total managers that year, um, just managing people and making sure, you know, they're um, happy with what, with everything that's going on. They're getting what they need out of it. Um, you know, it's a thankless job. So that's, you know, it's, you got to keep morale high as you can. Um, but I think the way you do keep morale as high as you can is, is getting the most out of every day. So, you know, whether that be a, a quick meeting after practice, just to see how everything went, um, and just really kind of reflecting on, on the positives, the negatives, what you can learn from, what you can grow from every single day. I think that's, uh, that's important. You know, I think having your own time to reflect on certain things you did that day, um, whether it be in the job, uh, or your, you know, personal life is, is always good time to have to yourself. Um, and that's the kind of time like you can spend, uh, maybe think about the future a little bit or what we could have done better, but you know, while you're actually at practice, um, you know, while you're actually doing your job, you know, you gotta be a hundred percent there just so you can, uh, you know, help out the team or, or whatever situation you're in, uh, as much as you can. How much did that prepare you for the director role you're in now where, I'm sure you you do have a couple of interns or assistants. Like I don't know your structure, but um, you know, talk about how like how that helped you for your current role. Yeah, you know I think uh, people skills are people with people skills will go very far. That's saying it simply, um, and I think uh, being able to to manage that crew down there, um, you know, for for over a year for a season. Uh, really taught me just how to to interact with people, what certain things you need to pick up on. Um, you know, maybe it looks like the someone's having the best day ever, but they're really dealing with something different behind the scenes. You really don't know what's going on with someone, um, you know, every day. And I think that's important to keep uh, perspective of um, in the office, on the field, all that, because, uh, you know, it's, it's important to be considerate of, you know, how they're doing, um, and really just make them feel valued. Uh, I think that's important. I think making people, giving, giving them responsibility to complete tasks and um, different types of things that, uh, you know, they'll feel valued for um, after they're done with them. I think that's, that's the best feeling. I mean, I try and think about when I, I came up, it's like when I was a manager, when I was a, you know, intern, it's like, what are, when were those moments that I felt, you know, valued, like I meant something to the team and stuff. So, trying to replicate that and give other people that opportunity, I think is, is crucial. Um, and I think that sets up for, for long-term um, program success as well. Yeah. So like when you were an intern at Cal, that volunteer year, you talked about, you know, you had a chance to basically form your own experience and it was very like enabling. You felt like you were really valued. What yep. were the things that you were focused on? Cause now I'm sure you're kind of more focused on, the recruitment strategy, the recruiting, the contact, um, making sure those touch points are right. But what was the kind of split? Was it more personnel? Was it more recruiting? Was it more operations based? What was the breakdown for you? 
Yeah. So Corey kind of gave me free reign. So I'd come in in the morning and, uh, you know, we'd watch, uh, watch a handful of guys that, uh, you know, might've just gotten, you know, popped up on the radar, uh, and kept a spreadsheet of all these names that, um, I'd watched, uh, and my opinion on them. And basically if I found a guy who was, you know, good enough, um, you know, I would go to Corey, talk to him about it, see what, try and see what, uh, explain what I saw in the player, what he sees in the player. Um, and, you know, there was a kid who I found uh, one day and it was this receiver out of Texas who just had a couple offers and, um, you know, brought him to the receiver coach. Or it was Nick Edwards at the time and we liked him uh, and we ended up offering him and bringing him out on an official. So I think it's those little things like that where it's, um, you know, my opinion is valued. It was listened to. Uh, which was which was super important. I mean, just talking to the players, learning how to talk to recruits. Um, you know, I'd done it a little bit in high school, just like trying to cover their recruitments. But, you know, being on the other side of things is a totally different story. Um, so just learning that, um, you know, I was I, I've dabbled in graphic design and stuff. So just trying to do as many graphics as I could. Um, you know, we didn't we don't have a graphics guy just specifically for graphics. Um, so just doing literally anything I could um, to try and, you know, take that next step forward, help the program take that next step forward um, and trying to form relationships with all our assistant coaches. Just, you know, if they needed anything, they knew they could come to me. I could help them out, you know, whether it's with a presentation or, you know, what I've been trying or getting from a recruit with what he's saying stuff like that. So, you know, it's definitely the personnel side, recruiting and talking to the guys, um, you know, the graphics, helping out on the visits, hosting, that kind of stuff. So it's really trying to be the jack of all trades and, um, you know, do as much as I could uh, during that season. So what part of it do you enjoy the most when it comes to recruiting? Would you, are you saying like now or, or back then? No, no. I would say, I would say just the, all the relationships that you form with these, uh, these kids, but not just the kids. I think some of the closest, uh, people I have in my life are a couple parents of recruits, like, you know, uh, friends of recruits. It's uh, just everyone. It's the whole network, you know, the whole web. Um, And I just, I just love meeting all these different kinds of people. Um, You know, everyone has a different story. Uh, You know, uh, it's, it's crazy because last, last year, I'll give you an example. Um, Mason Mangum is this receiver who's committed to Arkansas and their whole staff leaves and, you know, we liked him. We had good track times, um, you know, pretty super productive player, uh, you know, Westlake, great program. Um, so we, uh, you know, got to forming a relationship with him and his family, brought him out on an official visit. And I think I talked to his dad, Mark, like probably two or three times a week now, uh, just because it's like those certain people, you know, you just you just vibe with. You have the, you have the same kind of energy. Um and so that's just a, a, a short example of, you know, what uh, these relationships can turn into. Um, you might not expect it to be turning into. Um, and obviously, I think it's uh, great to get Mason. And, and uh, he's doing doing super well in, in fall camp right now. And uh, those relationships will last, you know, a lifetime. And it's, you know, it's still, still relatively, relatively young. So just seeing him play out will be uh, very interesting. That's cool, man. It, you know, it's, it, it is the, the parents and like that web of influence. So when, when you guys are recruiting a kid, 
what are the kind of the first steps that y'all do as far as building that web, that network out and figuring out who the, the main characters are in, in this decision-making process. And obviously like when it comes to us, we're trying to find the best ways to yield the recruit, get them on campus and get them signed to our yeah. organization. But what happens in the short run and, and what leads into those relationships is like, as you get to know these families, that connection piece, it's real. Like, even if you can't sign the kid, um, yeah. that's, that's the cool part about the job. So where do you guys start with that process? Yeah. You know, I think initially we, uh, we just have to know the academics on the kid at a place like this. And, you know, I'm sure Rice is obviously a great school as well. Um, so I think first off, you got to just see if, if, uh, you know, academically they're fit. Um, I think, you know, immediately you try and get them on the phone, just learn about their family, uh, learn about their situation, uh, what they're all about. Um, and when you're talking to them on the phone, you can get a good sense of their character as well. And I think that's huge. That's such, I know a lot of people talk about it, but that's such an undervalued part of this whole recruiting process and sports in general. It's like, if a kid's character tells you that, he loves football. He wants it. He's going to work for it. And he's all about it. Even if he's less talented than someone on, on your board at the same position, I want that kid every day over a kid who's more talented and just likes football, you know, is, is, you know, wants to, is okay with getting better, but isn't going to be in getting treatment after, you know, every single practice or game. And, you know, the best kids that we've seen in our program all have that. It's the characters, the off-field actions. It's, it's all that stuff. They want to be great. They want to succeed. I mean, um, you know, you see with Pat Laird, we've had a history of walk-ons going to the, to the NFL. Uh, Pat Laird running back with the Dolphins. Ashton Davis just got drafted by the Jets in the third round. And those were two guys that, you know, Pat would wake up at like 6 a.m. every game day. And just go read the New York Times downstairs at the, the team hotel and, you know, have coffee with our chief of staff. I mean, that's a kid who's interested in just learning about life and how he can better himself every day. I mean, Ashton Davis, I remember we were I was working out one morning at like 530 a.m. It was an off day for the guys and he's down there on, on the rack, just stretching out, making sure he's he's getting ready to go. Um, so those are, you know, I think those are the super valuable parts um, of just getting better. And, and, and those are the kind of kids we look for. Um, so I know I kind of got off track there, but no, uh, no, no, no. It's a long winded answer. No, I think that's, it's so spot on though. Like the, just the, the character does it. That has to be the separating factor. It has it's huge. It's huge. And like, even if I wasn't at Rice, I was talking to somebody, um, a, a good friend of mine over at Florida and he was asking like, Hey, how does the, the academic piece helping your process. I mean, kind of moving forward. I mean, doesn't, don't you get a different type of kid? And you do like, even if I was at a school that didn't have these restrictions, like it's, you know, you need to use that as a separating factor. Cause if the dude, I mean, the way you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like those, those are the guys that are going to overachieve and maximize their talent. So, yeah. um, for you, like who was the biggest influence on, how you go about that and asking those questions. Um, was there a recruiter that you watched at USC or Cal or even your short time at UW that you said, you know what, like, I like those questions. I like the way he's approaching it. Who are the people that you've learned from the most? Yeah, I would say uh, Corey Nickel, who is our former DPP here. I mentioned before and, and 
I'd really say, you know, I'm probably, I'm, I'm very close with it, but, uh, you know, Burl Toller, our receivers coach, just the way he goes about things. Um, so when, you know, Burl's offering a kid, he will get the parents on the phone usually every time. Um, and I don't think a lot of, a lot of schools, you know, they talk about, yeah, we need to include the parents and all that, but do they actually, um, and it's, you know, such a special moment for these kids too. I mean, a lot of the time, whether it's their first offer, or, you know, 20, it's just a, another opportunity to get, uh, you know, for the parents not have to pay for college for the, for them to take that next step in their life. And for the parents to share that moment with the kid, um, I think is huge. Uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, some creates some unforgettable moments in these kids' lives. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Burrell's a great, does a great job at it. Um, and he keeps that up throughout the whole recruiting process. It's not just one time, get the parents on and, and we're good. Um, and then Corey really, he's the one who taught me just the value of, um, you know, just, just really digging into uh, the whole story of a kid, you know, cause you see the film, you know, everyone can see the film. You can turn on huddle, but you can't turn on something and see the kid's character. I mean, you could look through Twitter, their social media, all that, but it's not like, oh, let's turn on this two-minute highlight film and look at what this kid's character is, you know, as you can do with the with the film. Um, so it's it's really just being like, you got to obviously attack it from all angles, uh, you know, find out as much about their character as possible, talk to their high school coach, teachers, um, trainers, everyone in their life. Uh, but I think those two are, Burl and, and Corey, were very good at that and are very good at that. And the hard part when you love a kid on tape and you're doing the character check is the first call you make the high school coach or maybe it's the trainer, somebody, and they love the kid. Like they sign off on um, raving reviews and you're like, all right, I'm good. You know, how, how tough is it to the confirmation bias like that hits everybody in the draft (laughs) world and recruiting is it making sure that you hit like a certain number of character uh, character references? Like what's, what's your thought process on that? Yeah, I think you have to, uh, and this is where it comes in where you have to have as many people involved with the recruiting process as you can, but at the same time, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. So uh, whether it's the area coach talking to him and the people around him, position coach, head coach, me, Benji, um, really anyone involved it's you know we were just talking about this last week actually as a staff uh you know just even six months out until signing day what do we think about this kid and as we get a month out from signing day has that changed is he a different kind of person uh is he the same kind of person um so i think it's really getting about four or five people's opinions who know the kid who know the people around them um and just Really, you have to feel confident about it at the end of the day, uh, but just being honest and upfront because everyone's going to have a different opinion. And that's one thing, you know, Coach Wilcox, uh, you know, preaches is just being uh, honest and upfront and transparent uh, with each other. Uh, you know, where one, one guy might love a kid, love his talent from his area, wants him, but the position coach might not get a good vibe. And, you know, I saw one of the things on his, you know, Twitter he's liking or posting on Instagram and, you know, it's a whole equation, very complicated equation, not an exact equation at all. Um, but it's, you know, you got to get input from, you know, a couple different people at least. Yeah. So then your role right now, director of recruiting strategy, 
it's kind of a new one, like scouting and recruiting strategy. Like there's all these new titles and new yeah. of, um, lanes in recruiting as it gets more and more specialized. So like just line it out. Like what does your day look like? What's your day-to-day grind? What's your primary kind of responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the main thing I do is, is being that main touch point between the recruit and the school. So, uh, you know, showing um, the recruits all of the different uh, factoids about, you know, Cal, our academics, the Bay Area life, the program here, our traditions. Um, so communicating with recruits, I think, is the main thing. So planning what they're getting in the mail, planning what they might be getting uh, over text, DM, that kind of stuff coming from a program-wide scale. Uh, and then having relationships with these, you know, our, the guys we've offered and the guys who are next up and, um, you know, just trying to get a sense for their character, uh, who they are as a person, where they come from, um, and just being that main relationship guy. And if I see something that comes up in a conversation, I can tell a coach, um, stuff like that. And then definitely keeping a, a pulse on the whole recruiting world around us. Um, you know, if there's a kid heating up who's getting a ton of offers, I might bring him to the table and be like, you know, we got to go on this kid now or he's not coming here. Um, or, you know, hear of a sleeper from a trainer uh, and be like, yo, let's take a look at this guy and, and then we'll take a look and, you know, offer or not. Um, and keeping relationships with those this, those trainers um, in certain areas, you know, seven on seven is such a huge part of the, the high school circuit now. Um, and obviously the high school coaches as well. Um, and then all, all uh, you know, I, I don't do as much as I uh, did when I was volunteering, um, but obviously evaling guys as well. So I think Zach, you know, Zach Boshin, our DPP does a great job of, um, you know, evaling guys. He was a scout in the NFL for the Browns for 15 years. Um, so he's, he does a great job organizing all that. Um, but if he needs a, you know, a second opinion, I'll, I'll take a look. Um, and then I'll, I'll do some stuff on my own as well. Um, you know, through the many services that, you know, both you and I have access to of just finding kids and, and watching their film. So I think main, main things being that touch point for the kids to the program um, and then kind of everything around that as well. And uh, just making sure we're staying on track recruiting wise and, and doing what we need to do to, uh, you know, whether it be uh, managing our social media channels, you know, I, I kind of oversee our uh, our Twitter and Instagram and um, creative content uh, that we put out to and just making sure it's, it's uh, you know, good for the recruits to see and then as well the fans. So, um, you know, definitely different different areas, but main point is that, uh, you know, being that, that main um, person to communicate with for the recruits. So when you got into... Cal's building. I asked you earlier, what was your favorite part of recruiting? And you said then or now, um, I kind of get the feeling that your favorite thing heading into it was the film and it turned into the recruiting. Is that accurate? Yeah. You know, I think I, I headed into here and was, uh, you know, it was going to be a watching film all day and stuff. And I, I, I love that part of the process. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to, uh, you know, eval guys and find them early, but as you know, it goes on. I just think the the relationship side of things and uh, just it's just fun when you can kind of recruit uh, a kid and it comes down to, you know, the wire there. It's like there's two schools left and that's when it's go time. So it's like, what can we do? What can we send? And what kind of graphics? What uh, information does he need to hear? 
who around him needs to be telling him what, who can we get in his ear? So it's like, it's the whole kind of master plan where you kind of pull the strings and everything. But I mean, I think there's, there's nothing better than that. Uh, just, you know, going down to the wire head to head and you'll, you'll win some and you lose some, you know, it's, it's the, the yeah. losses are tough, but as I'm sure, you know, as you know, but the, the wins are, are very sweet. So you gotta, um, like, you know, like we talked about living in the moment, um, you know, making sure you enjoy the wins, but making sure you don't, uh, you know, linger on the losses for, for, for too long. Yeah. And I, I feel like, uh, that first year that you spent there, you got a chance to kind of learn everything, kind of learn the landscape. And uh, then you kind of started the hashtag make a, make the move. And like the, the things that y'all are doing on social media are awesome to look at. Like the creative side, like the videos y'all are putting out, the just the content. Talk about kind of how y'all kind of transformed the social presence at Cal. And really over the last two-ish years, you guys have been really making a splash. And I know it's not necessarily all about the hype, but that gets at everybody's attention, right? It's the starting point. It's what draws people in. And then you can capitalize on, you know, one of the top public schools in the, in the world, in the country. So um, how were y'all able to really maximize your, your social media outreach? Yeah. So I know you mentioned make the move and that really, um, and I think this goes back to just being true to yourself uh, just being transparent, but coach Wilcox was, you know, given the, in our team meeting before the red box bowl this past December, uh, you know, we were playing Illinois going for our eighth win. And we felt if like we could get to that eighth win, I mean, increased our win total each of the past three seasons. Um, it was going to be a huge game. And I think before the season, I was, you know, was thinking about the season, what we needed to do. And I think eight was, was the mark we needed to hit. Um, and in that speech before the night before the game, he, Coach Wilcox, preached about making the move on the rest of the Pac-12. So, you know, it's, and it started with that game um, and making that move up the ranks, you know, because when Coach Wilcox got here and, you know, Cal wasn't in the best place um, and I think it's totally been transformed and now it's time to make that next step, make the move um, on the rest of the Pac-12. So it's it really feels genuine to us because we've been preaching it for you know, months and months and months. Um, and I think that's where you have to come up with your, uh, you know, your slogans or your rally, rally tags, whatever you want to call it. Um, it has to be true to yourself and you have to be genuine. Um, you have to feel it. Um, so we, you know, we were thinking about, uh, we had a junior day back in, in February uh, and we were like, all right, what's, I think it was in January, late January, the last weekend. And we are like, what do we want the hashtag to be around this? And I was just like, you know, make the move. It's like, I was thinking about like golf tournaments too, you know, moving day on Saturday, stuff like that. Uh, just all, all in my head. And I remember when he said that and I thought it'd be great. Now, you know, I've seen other schools use it too now and, you know, I'm not, not mentioning any names, but um, it's been cool to see that. And I think a huge, huge shout out has to go to uh, Nick Mitchell, our creative director. Um, you know, he's producing some of the, the best videos I've ever seen. Um, he absolutely kills it day in and day out. He even has gotten into graphics and stuff. So, you know, he's doing as much as he can. Uh, so me and him collaborate on a lot of stuff. Um, but also, you know, just let him, he, he can, you know, take free reign with, with it all. 
so he's been producing a lot of that, that great content. We want to be um, organic and natural to just what this place is about. There's no excuse in my mind for Cal not to recruit well, uh, to be towards the top of the Pac-12. I mean, you're in one of the best areas in the country. You're the best public academic school in the country. Um, access to great talent. Um, you know, and you see, you can you can draw kids here with that from all over the country. Um, so, you know, I think it's just took the right person getting here. And, and Coach Wilcox is, is uh, you know, I've learned a lot of the way I deal with people from him too. Super even keeled, uh, great person to work for. One of the, and it's funny because like at uh, SC, I was there with him for a season when he was a D coordinator. And, you know, we didn't have like much of a relationship. I, he probably didn't even know my name, honestly. Uh, but just watching him and the way he uh, went about things there and seeing him here, he's the same person, same person as a D coordinator, as a head coach, values people's opinions um, and really gets input from everyone in the building. Uh, so it's been great to learn from him. Um, and he's, you know, like I let, you know, Nick do his free reign on stuff. He lets us do whatever we want creative wise. And, you know, he doesn't have a Twitter. He's not a big social media guy. Um, so it's been fun kind of just uh, when you put them on the phone with their recruits, they don't know what to expect really because they kind of have no sense of, uh, you know, from a Twitter or anything like that. So the whole creative strategy has been, uh, you know, it's been developing over the past. I think it's always developing, honestly. Uh, but I think uh, Nick has done a great job with it and we've just tried to remain as genuine as possible with it. Yeah. And obviously we're, we're in COVID and, it's a dead period. We haven't had anybody on campus since March. Um, mm-hmm. We had like nine practices in. I know y'all only got a handful of practices in. I heard, I heard either you or I think it might have been your head coach talking about just the importance of getting that face-to-face interaction time, that FaceTime. Um, those FaceTime calls and those Zoom calls are so important. What, what have you learned over, I mean, because even last year and years before we've had FaceTime, we've had, you know, all these technologies, but you know, you still kind of went to, Oh, I'm just going to do a call so I can get my coach on the phone. Blah blah. Um, I think I felt like it was like two years ago where FaceTime became the norm. Like you got to get on FaceTime with kids and let them see your face and you get a chance to see their reaction when you offer them, when you get on the phone with mom, when you ask them about something that's very personal that you remember from the last phone call, what are some things that you've learned just, for, just from a advice standpoint to, to make the most of those calls, to get the most from them, what have you learned through all the FaceTime calls that you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. Uh, and you do have to reflect on, you know, what works and what doesn't. Um, and I think the best, I would say the biggest thing that, that we've learned is trying to get um, – the important faces in front of these guys so they know who they're talking to. So if you got them on FaceTime, don't just, you know, pass. It's great to pass them around the office and stuff and show them everything. Uh, but at the same time, it's uh, important to get him on with the position coaches, area coach, the head coach, and, you know, like me or Benji's just so he has three or four very recognizable faces. He knows he can go to um, that. He knows uh, their names, what they're about. Um, and just just talking about life, you know, they get hammered so much about football. You know, what? how was the camp this weekend? How was this? How are your workouts going? How is training going? 
uh, all that. So it's important to talk about life other than football. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's makes like a go, keep going back to it, but that genuine feel to the relationship, it's like, we're worried about you, uh, and, and generally interested in you as a person rather than just what you bring on the field. Um, cause a lot of the time I think you see, uh, schools recruit a kid and they might, you know, go to, uh, you know, they love their football talent, but might not necessarily, um, you know, like the person that they are. So they like totally stop recruiting him after he commits somewhere else. But the way you find if, it, if a relationship is genuine or not, is if you keep in contact with that kid, just about life other than football, even after he commits and stuff. And I think that's where you see, uh, you know, those genuine relationships come and those are the important things to get, uh, get to on those FaceTimes. The, uh, so how's mom or, you know, how are your folks? It's like, no, like, ask a better question to their Christian. Yeah. I, I feel I feel guilty of this all the time and, and I'll catch myself in the middle of a call. I'm like, no, like that's not the way to ask this question. You ask good questions too. I mean, I want to listen in on your calls. You probably drop some good stuff in there. So I, I want to listen and learn from you, man. No, no. Um, dude, I appreciate you taking time to talk with us today too. Um, I know how busy it is. This is week one for you guys. Week one at home different world. Um, we just had our first game and uh, my God, crazy. that was a crazy one. I, I think at the end of the day, that was the best worst loss of all time. <laughs> and somebody was saying this, I think it was Pete Thamel uh, and uh, Wetzel on, on the Yahoo college yeah. football podcast. There's probably been like 10 billion kicks in the history of football, college pro back, you know, yeah. when they played with the actual pigskin, like, yeah, that was probably the only quadruple doink. I was in, insane in the history of football, right? I was watching that, and I went around the office. I was like, "Did you guys see this? This is the most like one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Probably just as insane as you know DK Metcalf running down Buddha Baker last yes. night. I mean, just like both those things, absolutely insane. But I saw that, and I was like. There's no way that this just happened. I mean, what are the odds? There's the odds of that are probably like one in, like you said, 10 million, billion, whatever. And the other thing that, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about kind of what you're thinking heading into week one. Since we just finished that up, we went to Instagram live, do a bunch of pregame stuff. I was on FaceTime, I swear, for like an hour straight with just top guys, 21s, 22s guys that we're really hot and heavy on. And we don't even offer that many guys because of the academic situation. Mm -hmm. We really kind of believe firmly in every offer must be committable, right? So I'm not going to overextend myself, but it was good. Like it it was weird. Like I didn't have to do the sign-in table, didn't have to set up anything pregame, didn't have to worry about anything. So like me and the guys got pizza, sat up in the recruiting lounge, watched college game day. And then it was just kind of go time with FaceTimes and, you know, Instagram live reels, just getting content out there. What is your focus heading into week one and how are you going to execute your, your, um, your outreach to your guys uh, from a recruitment standpoint? Yeah. You know, Benji and I were just talking about that, uh, you know, past couple of days and I saw what you, you were doing. I was like, that's a great idea. Uh, so, you know, Big credit to you. I think we're going to go like the same thing, go on Instagram live, uh, get on FaceTime with guys, uh, our whole recruiting office. So, you know, I was planning on, uh, 
going on Instagram and really having Benji as kind of like the the host, I guess you could say. So, you know, showing these guys pregame warmups, getting some coaches on there, um, showing them as much of the facilities as we can. Um, and obviously we'll advertise it, you know, we'll blast it out to, to all the guys on our board just so we can, uh, you know, make sure we, we include them and they can kind of get that game day experience from afar. Um, and then I think, you know, we'll definitely do those FaceTimes as well and just get, get more personal um, with it as well. So we're, we're kind of brainstorming it still, but we had that same kind of idea. You know, I definitely uh, saw that you did and I was like, it's a great idea. So we, so we stole it, stole it from you for sure. Um, and we're, uh, uh, it was, it was done. not me coming up with this. Missouri is the one who's crushing. Missouri did a good job. Yeah. They, I saw them too on Facebook. They did a great job. Um, yeah. and it's, uh, it, it's their, their side of it was interesting because they went like Facebook to Instagram to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. They were all over the place. They were on all of well, them. it seemed like, yeah. And you capture all those kind of listeners. So we're brainstorming a little bit, but um, definitely, you know, going to use that live feature and, and try and get our, our top guys in there as well. You mentioned splitting up some FaceTime calls. Um, what we do in, in our staff, I got four interns and every, you know, the summer heading into a season, you're always evaluating sophomore film and getting ready for those that junior September one hit day. Right. And last year we started this where we literally just had like a fantasy football draft where we're yeah. drafting our 2022s to hit up on September one. Cause I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, send out a mass text that just changes out first name, you know, like I want an actual conversation thread. Uh -oh. And uh, so we'd all draft like 10 to 15, 2022s and, you know, we hit the whole board. That's so awesome. is that something that y'all do as far as, you know, splitting up FaceTime calls? Cause again, like, I was on for an hour and I probably got like maybe 10 FaceTime calls in. And I was like having to like shorten those calls because yeah. I, I would rather have like a 15 to 20 minute combo, but 100%. it's, it's not possible when it's pregame. Cause you're just like mm -hmm. trying to get all of them in before everybody heads up the tunnel. So yeah. how do y'all break it up? How do y'all kind of dish out who talks to who? Yeah, so I think uh, me and Benji handle a lot of it. Uh, you know, I give Benji a list of guys I think he uh, connects well with, and everyone's different, you know, and it's great having Benji here, uh, you know, big poly guy, uh, you know, all about the family. His family actually just cooked our whole team this amazing chicken and tried to. That's a different story, though. Yeah, ridiculously good. Um, but he'll, you know, he'll take – his, his list of guys, you know, I'll take mine and we'll try and pass it around to the coaches as well. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of, you know, people in the office. I think we don't, we don't have a lot of people power in this office. So we try and do as much as we can um, just, you know, with Benj and I, uh, and just, I think um, if you don't get in before the game, you don't get in pregame warmups, get someone after the game, get someone the next day. Uh, so you can talk about it. Uh, you know, I think really that 48 hour period, you know, with the game right in the middle of that, I think that's a great, uh, you know, time frame to, to really talk to these guys about the game, share with them your experience, whether it be showing them pregame or after, you know, hopefully you win and just getting them on, on the phone too about that. Even if you lose too, you know, let us settle. And then the next morning you can hit them up and just be like, you know, hope you watched the game, talk about the positives that you saw in the game for, you know, whatever position they are. 
Um, so we, we really split it up like that, but, uh, it's just, it's just trying to attack it from all different angles. I think. Last thing before I let you go, um, you know, what's one word of advice for recruits dealing with kind of such a weird year in recruiting and mm -hmm. you got national signing day coming up in yeah. less than two months now. So yeah. a lot of these dudes not going to have taken an official visit. Yeah. Maybe not have even visited the campus at all. Um, what's your advice to like people trying to make those decisions? You know, I think you have to, uh, you know, it keeps going back to it, but living in the moment I think is huge and, and keeping perspective, doing every little thing you can every day to take that next step and be uh, the athlete you want to be recruited as, I think it's huge. Uh, you know, you have to, you have to take advantage of the camps that are going on. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a lot about what you do yourself too. You know, it's, and it's, and that's, that's just super hard question because like no one knows the exact answer to it. I wish there was a exact answer. Um, trying to get as creative as possible with reaching out to coaches. Cause you know, you and I both get a, a ton of emails every day, just of kids reaching out and stuff and um, finding any kind of way to catch, you know, someone like us at their attention. Uh, but at the same time, like remaining professional, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I, yeah. I won't, I won't try and sugarcoat it at all. Um, and I think you just have to, to make sure you keep your perspective on it all. Know that this isn't going to go on for forever, but then you also do have signing day coming up quickly here. So. Um, just getting as creative as possible with the outreach and the different types of things that, that you're sending out, what you're doing, uh, maybe something that's different. Um, so I, that's, that's the best advice, but it's just, it's very hard right now. I don't envy the position that, that the 21s are in for sure. No. And it's not, it, it may be tough for the 22s too. So exactly. Um, could, could you have not gotten a better week one opponent? You get the hometown you dub. Uh, I mean, it's trying to make it three years in a row. Not a bad deal. How many years in a row? Trying to make it three years in a row, beating them. I mean, we've won the past two seasons, and, uh, you know, we've been the underdog in both those games, and we're the underdog again. So that's exactly, uh, you know, where we want to be. And um, it's always it's always nice beating them. So I'm hoping we can uh, can get it going again here. Um, you know, like the way we're looking, it's, it's going to be the war of attrition, though. I think that's what this season's all about. So, you know, we'll try and stay as healthy as we can and, and get after it. Yeah, man. Well, where, where can our listeners uh, find and follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at uh, MW Charrington on my Twitter. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always a, a fun platform to interact with people on. Uh, so that's that's where you can find me on Twitter. And I just have one question for you because I know you ask all the questions. Wait, but I was got? wondering, I was wondering what's what's your favorite part of one doing this podcast and two your job that you're currently in. The favorite, my favorite part about this is, I, I mean, I'm getting to, I'm not, I'm not even networking. I'm, I'm like building like relationships with people that I look up to across the industry and now I'm kind of like switching over to baseball and the different sports like cool. I get a chance to like learn so much every single week and when I started this whole thing uh, at the start of COVID um, it, it was geared towards like okay this is a 
this is something that's missing in the podcast world. This is something that's missing in recruiting. Like nobody's bringing everybody together. Yeah. And now it's kind of just like a part of my week to week, day to day. Like it just fits in so well. I feel like I get to read about somebody else's success every single yeah. week when I talk to them. And that's probably the best thing about it. And then I guess what I enjoy most about my job, the people that I work with right now are amazing. Uh, my head coach is awesome to work with. He, he treats everyone like gold. And like, I, I really feel empowered to do my job. I don't feel like I have someone looking over my shoulder. Um, that's, that's the, where it starts. But as far as the actual job, um, I, I initially started with the film side. That's, yeah. that was my favorite part, uh, the scouting, the evaluating, but, and, and the relationships have become such a fun part of it that I didn't think I would enjoy as much as I do. Cause I was really a lot more introverted probably than most people would guess in high school yeah. and college. I would just, I could hold up and watch film all day. So yeah. it, it's gotten me out of my comfort zone, which has been great. It's but awesome. I, to me, my favorite part of the job is like the puzzle of putting the roster together and putting a yeah. team together and seeing it come together. The difference between spring ball, summer, fall camp, and the end of the season, like mm-hmm. that to me is the most fun. Um, yeah. Whether you, whether you watch like a, a Super Bowl winning documentary or last chance you or a world series documentary, the way teams come together and like what separates the good ones from the great ones. That's the thing that that's the thing I'm most passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting too, just seeing, and especially this year, cause we've had to split up 75. So our first 75 come in practice and then we have another practice after, cause we can only have 75 people together, but just seeing, every piece of the roster matters like that yes, 75 yes. is just as important as that that development group that comes after and you know seeing what you got coming up seeing what you have seeing what you need so that's that's definitely been like you said I mean hit on it has been a great part of the past month or so of just you know watching these guys and, and building that roster because it's a total puzzle and uh, like we have mentioned multiple times, just an exact science, you know. So I'm, I'm totally with you there. No, I love the questions. First, first yeah, time man. somebody hit me with a question at the end of the show. It's good stuff. I had to man. throw back on you real quick from my podcast days. You know how you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, this was fun, and definitely got to get you back on the show. Um, talk about how this season went because it is going to be a different one for all of us. Yeah. But- Best of luck this week against UW, all right? Yeah, I appreciate you, and uh, it's been been a blast to follow this, and uh, I'm excited to listen for, for many more for uh, these weeks to come. Yeah, man. You have a good one, all right? All right, you too. Have a good one, man.